Welcome to Singer Ben. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I don't need to. You got, no. you got Melzi for TikToks. I was going to say, well, you could <laughs> literally pour some sugar on me, mate. Yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> Just make sure it's monk fruit sugar because I'm trying to cut back. I don't need any sugar. I'm sweet enough as it is. <laughs> I reckon we just jump straight into it. It's another week of uh, Good Movie Monday. Woohoo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know we were starting yet. <laughs> I thought we'd already started, but no, we're just going to meet in the middle. <laughs> we are the weekly movie podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. Melissa Begg is back on the show. Hey, Mel. Woohoo! Hi. How are you? Good. It's been a long month. It has. It's been a five-week month. I don't like those. No, it was terrible. It's nice to be back. Excellent. Benjamin, it's always a pleasure for you to be with me. How are you? I'm very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who, who's going to introduce me? <laughs> I'm Glenn. <laughs> and there's, there's, who else do I think? <laughs> Who's the other guy on the show? Happy Monday to all of you, uh, whatever day it might be, actually. You could be listening to this, I don't know, maybe Wednesday the 6th of February 2036. I, did, yeah, I wow. did check the future calendar. <laughs> that is the day. You've written it down. Integrity, mate. Integrity. <laughs> um, for the benefit of all you new listeners, because we do have some new listeners, I know that for a fact, um, the show is all about movies. We haven't even recorded the show yeah. yet. How do you know <laughs> that like, we've got new listeners? <laughs> you can see into the future. Like, oh, my if God. If they listened last week, they're not new yeah. this week. I told you I looked at the future calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, got us. Yeah. But what we, what we do on this show is we recommend movies. Every episode we have a theme and then we give you some suggestions that you should watch. And if you want to be a super fan, then you'll watch them and, and join us on social media and tell us what you think. And we make it easy for them, Ben, because they can find it where? Letterboxd. Letterboxd. What is Letterboxd? Letterboxd is a great... Uh, it's like a film review site, I guess. But people... Uh, who think that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, Inst- and uh, TikTok aren't enough? Yeah, it's like a it's a catalog too, isn't it? It is. A, it's a good catalog. We use it for we use it listing purposes. I was, as is always the case, I think for the first three months of the year, I'd kept track of every movie I'd watched this year. So when we do our top ten at the end, I can go back and go, ah, I did watch that movie. <laughs> Yeah. I have stopped. I've <laughs> fallen off that train too, I'm afraid. So, uh, there's a lot of movies I've completely forgotten uh, that I've seen. I can't remember movies I watched last night. Like, that's how bad it no. gets. I can tell you movies I watched last week. I can't tell you what I watched yesterday. Yeah, we're fucked today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are we going to do? That's it. <laughs> but this week is all about body parts. Have you figured out why we're on listening to Pour Some Sugar on Me? No, I have no idea. Def Leppard's drummer and he has one arm. Body parts, like... Yeah. yeah, okay, well, didn't get the reaction I was <laughs> You should never expect I thought anything. I was being clever. Because I was going to do, you know, um, Heads Will Roll by the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Oh, yeah, that's that's a that's a classic. I only changed it today. Like, come on. Well, I would have gone crazy <laughs> over that one, but anyway. I thought, no, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be cheeky and I'll be clever, but oh well. <laughs> sad, the sad fact is, is if it's not a song by Jean-Paul Young, I, I've never heard of it. I don't know what you're talking about. 
I also love the way that you say John. Let's John. Say Jean. Like, Is that Jean, Jean Paul? Jean Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Jean Paul. No. It's <laughs> French for John Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about body parts, movies that feature either body parts actually or figuratively. I guess a movie like The Eye, for example, is about body parts. Is it pushing it to say Freddie got fingered? There's fingers in the title. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if, no, the movie, if the movie was all about what actually got fingered. <laughs> Interpret as you will, I guess, as always the motto. He does jerk off some horses in that film. There's a body so part. There's there a body part of a true. horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Counts. There's That's a, a yeah. bare rip-torn ass. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> there we go. And even something as wholesome as Dumbo would qualify because that's about ears. Yeah. Put some, put some thought into this. <laughs> yeah, you really, you're thinking, <laughs> like, uh, you've really thought outside the box. And uh, the reason, <laughs> the reason for this week's theme, um, it all revolves around you, Melzi, and your return oh. to the show. Another um, Melbourne Horror Film Society month screening of a, a, a body horror, not a body horror film, but a ho- body part Body movie. part, yep. It's uh, the 1981 psychological horror film, The Hand. Yes. When's that screening? So it is screening on Tuesday, June 28th Excellent. at Long Play in Fitzroy North. It's the second of three Severed Hand films. Excellent. And we didn't get to cover the first one yeah. because of that long month. Yes. You know, sort of, it was a skip month, wasn't it? Yeah. What was that? that the was... Hands of All Luck yeah. from 1924. How'd that go? It was really good. Yeah, good yeah. turnout. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Awesome. So The Hand is the next one coming up and that is the reason for today's theme. Um, to tie it all in together, I do like to try and reach out to as many of guests for your screenings mm-hmm. as I can to interview. And today's guest, um, I'm excited because it's Andrea Marcovici. Did I get that right, Ben? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she starred alongside Michael Caine in The Hand. So that's a real treat. And it's funny because we've got this this episode all about sort of mostly, I'm going to guess, you know, horror-ish kind of movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a gory one. Yeah. And yet our interview is like the nicest, most but what, woman what, what's ever. the movies that you're talking about? I'll get to that later. You no. want my recommendations? <laughs> That's only because you said, I've got a gory one. I said, yeah, but what, what are oh. the... It's an evening of explaining jokes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then watching as they fail. <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, anything else um, Horror Film Society related that you want to talk about? Well, we will come back to it though. Okay. No. I was actually just thinking then when I looked down at my notes, um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is actually our next screening at True North on Saturday, June 25th. And it is quite body part related as well. That's a banger. Body parts being hacked off and, say, and People whatnot. get put into the wood chip. Yeah, oh, that's that, that exactly where my head went yeah. straight away as well, the wood chip. Yeah, so. Awesome. And there's a there's a long rumoured uh, sequel to that coming as well. Ooh. I don't know if it's yes, happening. Yes, actually, yes, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Tucker and Dale vs. Good. <laughs> Maybe. 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 They are so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're just nice guys. They're just they a couple are, of nice guys so misunderstood. Sweet. Oh. And just for the benefit of people that switch off before we get to the next uh, Melbourne Horror Film Society conversation, where can they find it? Uh, so our website is melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org <laughs> on all the socials and we also have a Discord channel. Excellent. And anyone can become a member, yeah? <laughs> anyone can become a member. Anyone can show <laughs> up. What's going on over there, Ben? No, I'm just I'm thinking about how I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to go to the screenings because they've accepted me as a member and I don't want to be part of a club <laughs> that would have me. I was literally <laughs> about to turn around and go, anyone can turn up, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I heard a rumour that you may be coming to this next screening. Maybe. 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 Mm, might help I heard a rumour that you might be coming at that next screening. <laughs> <laughs> Look at everyone turn up in droves. <laughs> 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 so it'll be like five of us. I don't call him Ben Longplay for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be signing autographs. <laughs> I can do I can do three at a time. Well, it's you know, it's it's like a baby's arm. I've just taught that baby how to write. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you did it with it or if you wrote if you like wrote it with your finger. <laughs> so I'm glad that we had that clarified. Yeah. Anyway. So coming up in about 20, 20 minutes or so, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm is going to come along with the movie news from the past week. Then later on, the Bonehead Weekly guys are going to be talking about some of their favourite body part movies. And then, of course, there's Jarrett, who's still on holidays and may or may not phone it in. I don't know. I'd have to what a bastard. Find out. God, <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, Ben. He's um, hanging out at the Brady Bunch house. He's got no time for the likes of us. <laughs> Let's talk about giveaways. Ooh. Dead End DVD have given us another tasty Blu-ray to give away. Cujo. Cujo. Yes, and this one is uh, its as easy as going to goodmoviemonday.com and answering a simple question, and you're in the draw. How simple is the question, Glenn? <laughs> Real simple? It's simple. Ben simple? It's just an opinion we ask of you. Oh, and everyone, like assholes, everyone's got one <laughs> of those. Right. Can't be wrong. And while, while people are at it, they may as well hit up deadenddvd.com and do some shopping of their own. That's, that's a pretty awesome website. It's pretty amazing. They've got some great stuff. They get all the new imports. They, par- they parallel import, which is my favorite kind of importing. <laughs> uh, what, and uh, they're what, very, very pricey. What happens when you add something to your basket, but you don't actually check out? Like, they know. Yes. I better empty it. They, <laughs> they, know, they know who you are. <laughs> they know what you've picked. And it's on I might some... Be, I might be logged in as a guest. I don't know, I don't know if the dead-end DVD uh, back-end... <laughs> has this option but on on the monster pictures back end you can uh you can send them out like a, you can like Don't hey forget. did you yeah, forget you something in your in your trip maybe you also <laughs> wanted this you know this uh, tube of lube <laughs> Stuff like that. For the we've next got, Melbourne Horror Film Society yeah. screening. <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, we've got monster lube. <laughs> with your, we've got some monster lube with your name on it. And uh, that's probably a good. Ben wrote it. <laughs> probably a good Sign. good way to throw to Jared, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> After last week, Jesus. Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE class. If I sound a little bit strange, it's not COVID. It's because I'm lying down as I record this because I'm on holidays still and I'm not back till sometime in June. So you won't get a proper segment out of me until then. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that I'm overseas and the state of physical media in stores is scary. There's less and less stock being uh, shelved in stores. They're basically directing their customers to their online websites to order titles. So if this is any indication of what we can expect in Australia, it's dire straits. Anyway, that's it for me for now until I return from holidays. So until then, stay physical. He's still no use to us, Ben. <laughs> so, I was just, uh, I was being, I was being a little inappropriate, and staring at Mel- Melzi's notes. <laughs> I just saw I just, the horror, the horror on I your just face. looked at them. <laughs> That's a like, her extensive notes. <laughs> 
I thought I thought there was a, like I missed something. Out. Big, no. big notes. Big notes. <laughs> Trying to get as many double entendres in there as I possibly could. Um. No, I was legitimately looking at her notes. <laughs> <laughs> they are big. They are. <laughs> they're large. They're very large. It's yeah. actually ridiculous. <laughs> her buxom notes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Jarrett. Jarrett. Still no use of Still, to no, us. No. <laughs> um, I, would, I guess we're going to have to cover some new releases this week. Sweet. I love new releases. There is a... There's, I mean, it's, it's a very light... Where there's a lot of new releases coming out, but nothing major, so it's a lot of little titles, a lot of back catalogue kind of stuff. There's a cool Umbrella double pack coming, uh, Bruce Willis double, with Sunset and Blind Date. Which... I have to say, I'm a little upset about it because Ooh. I fucking love Sunset. I know, that's why. I, I think it's I'd, a great film. I thought, I thought Blind Date's actually pretty good as well. Yeah. I was like, these deserve their own Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. Only because when they're in doubles, <laughs> I find it impossible to figure out where to put it in my collection. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is it under Sunset yeah. or is it under Blind well, Date? What if I'm looking yeah. for the other one? Well, they're know. hoping you yeah. go numerical with the volumes. Yeah, well, yeah. Or I buy two. Yeah. So I can put one <laughs> in each. That's the trick, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, that's it. Like, do I put? I've got a double pack of the Crow and Spawn I used to on DVD. It's like, do I put that at yeah. the end of the alphabet mm. or at the start of the alphabet? So, which, which, knowing you, you and your taste in movies, and thinking which one are you more likely to watch on the repeat? Spawn. No, <laughs> but that's where I put it <laughs> <laughs> because I already have a, an individual copy of the Crow. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. you know, you want to keep your all your Michael J. White movies together. Oh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a John Leguizamo thing. Thank I think, you very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, irrelevant. <laughs> uh, Paul Verhoeven's Bendetta is also coming out this week. Oh, the lesbian nun movie. <laughs> it is the lesbian nun movie. I, I haven't who, seen it, but you know, I'm up for it. Who? In the world is better suited to directing a lesbian nun movie than Paul Verhoeven. I can't think of anyone. Nope. Nope. Like maybe David Dakota, but it'd be a completely different kind of film. Or Fred Olin Ray. Yeah. Or Jim Minorsky. Jim Minorsky would do a credible job if it was 1984. Yeah, but they'd also have machine guns if he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and there'd probably there'd be a frogman in there somewhere. Yeah. There's a really cool looking one called Corrective Measures coming out. That's an Umbrella release too, I think. And that's Bruce Willis and Michael Rooker. Oh, I have seen this one. It's a prison movie with like what, aliens and stuff that are... Oh, well, they're, they're, they've all... It's like a mutants. super... It's like a superhero or a super-powered prison. Yeah. They all have they all have powers. And while they're... Certain powers are negated by these uh, devices that yeah. they wear. Not all of them are. And then all hell done breaks. Breaks loose. So I'm watching the trailer. I'm like, conceptually, this looks amazing. I'm thinking it's probably not. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll probably watch it anyway. It just looks real, really C grade. It's. I think. I don't know if it's going to be one of like Bruce's last. He's got a couple. Know, he's got uh, a couple films coming out. But, but they, got... they've been they've been in the bank for a little while. I think yeah. a few of these. So. And fair warning, Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think he was. He would have been there for a day or two. Yeah, I felt like, like whatever is in the trailer is about the sum of it. But mm. the main guy is pretty cool. The, the effects and stuff are great. There's yep. a couple of big brawl sequences that are amazing. Cool. There's one guy who you think is a main character but isn't a main character who, but he still gets a lot of screen time. He's pretty good. I don't know his name. He looks like a Ray Stevenson. He's a Ray Stevenson type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. the the janitor from Scrubs. Like um, if those two got together and had a baby, <laughs> that's that the guy. How about um, Miami Connection? That's coming out. Fucking oath. Yeah. Friends for eternity. Loyalty, <laughs> honesty. It's got, it's got the soundtrack on it, which is the uh, 
a big win. Oh my goodness! And that screened at Monster Fest. Um, it certainly the, did. Was it the, the Weekender? Yes. And you created the most delicious standee for that movie at the festival. Well, oh. we can't take any credit for that. It was Umbrella created that uh, yeah. lovely standee. Oh, it was great. And uh, it was very tempting to try and steal it. If it wasn't bigger than me, <laughs> <laughs> I would have stolen. Ah, oh, well, it was a bastard stand up, wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> you had to show me how to do it. It's like I'd forgotten everything I ever learned at the video store. I was going to say flashback to the video store days for sure. And we put we put that up, yeah. And of course, Shut In comes out this week through our friends at Eagle Entertainment, and that's the new Dallas Sonia film. We're particularly excited about this one because next week our guest is Dallas Sonia, the guy who produced it. He's also the guy that produced Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block Nine Nine, Dragged Across Concrete, amongst many others. And yeah, this is um, a good film. It's directed by DJ Caruso, the guy that did Disturbia and Eagle Eye. And a, a is it, is it uh, uh, what's his name's daughter too? Angie. Oh, yes, uh, McDowell. McDowell. Yeah. Andy McDowell's daughter, uh, Margaret Qualey's sister, yeah. and Vincent Gallo, the man who sells his jizz on the internet. That's right. And <laughs> it is, you know, the most outrageous <laughs> performance ever, as you can imagine. I I can't, literally cannot wait to see this, actually. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's good. I, uh, I, and I really want to see that other one, the Western. Was it the Western? Which no. is coming out. That's, that's um, Terror on the Prairie. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, just been released online in America, I think. Because it's, it's part of the Daily Wire thing where yeah. you've got to be a subscriber. But Eagle are going to be putting that out in a couple of months' time. Excellent. And no doubt we will have some to give away. So anyway, that's next week. Della Sonia on the show talking about that movie. Um, and that, that about covers us for new releases this week, Ben. Fantastic. I'm exhausted from that PE class. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Melzi. Yes. Would you like to kick us off this week? I'd love to. Fire at will. What kind of... Um, what are we talking about? Body, body parts? Body part what, body, what body part have you chosen? <laughs> <laughs> what member are we talking about? <laughs> okay. Well, actually, so I'm going to start off with May. So May is the underseen 2002 film written and directed by Lucky McKee, who did The Woman and All Cheerleaders Must Die, which I also love. And I say underseen because I have also spent the last 20 years saying, I really need to see that, and finally <laughs> just watched it this week I was ahead about to of the say, podcast. It's, it's not underseen at this desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, yeah. Well, sir, well, at, well it, half of it. <laughs> well, now I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. I've never oh, seen it. Oh, have you seen okay, it? Well, well, see, there you go. I retract no. you, Glenn. <laughs> I've had it. I've had it. I bought it like for 30 bucks on New Release DVD All when it came out. Ago. Haven't seen it's it. a banger, Well, mate. Ben, let me tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's got, me, uh, I know it's got the the Angela Bettis in it. Yeah, so Angela Bettis, she plays the main character of May, and she's so perfect in it. She's socially awkward, and that's an understatement. She grew up with a lazy eye and had a pretty shitty childhood, and we get glimpses of the trauma inflicted by her mother, who was focused on perfection and being perfect, and this pressure results in May hiding, hiding parts of herself, repressing and withdrawing from the world. For one of May's birthdays, her mother gives her a doll named Susie and tells May, if you can't find a friend, make one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when we meet May as an adult, she's working at the local animal hospital with receptionist Polly, played by Anna Faris. I really love Polly and Anna Faris is so good in it. She's a bit of a ditz, but really quite sweet. It's hooking up with all of these hot women. It's really great. <laughs> when is she great. not a ditz? Like, yeah, but she, yeah, she's but, so but it, great. It was, I think she's, it was her breakaway from Scary Movie. This yes, one. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Caught looking at the notes again there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you got to keep it 
like, don't be so obvious about it. (laughs) 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 I'm going to teach you guys some things, hey? I just figured that no one ever sees me looking at their notes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was really good at at hiding it. (laughs) I put my notes on the desk for you every week, (laughs) didn't I? I'm just not interested in your mates. <laughs> so May's doll Susie is clearly still her best friend and really only friend. And one day on her lunch break, she sees a mechanic named Adam, who's played by Jeremy Sisto, hottie from back then. <laughs> um, and May quickly, and uh, now of course, and May quickly becomes infatuated him and with his hands in particular. Flash forward after a pretty hilarious meeting between the two, May and Adam start seeing each other. He seems like he may be a good fit. He's into the macabre and he says he likes gross, weird things. And he also makes pretty gory short films. But once they start getting physical, May finds out that he's not actually into her kink after (laughs) all and he goes running. And it's actually probably not even really May's kink, but she's just reflecting back to Adam what she thinks he wants and then can't understand why he's not into it. From this point, May has repeated attempts at getting, trying to get close to people around her, all of which are unsuccessful, and she eventually goes the route that her mother suggested to make a friend herself. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and this is a great film. I always saw it as like a contemporary Carrie kind of movie. Yes. Like a very similar. For sure. Meet Frankenstein. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so great. And it, it put Lucky McKee on the map. And he, he never really saw his full potential, I don't reckon. Like, all cheerleaders must die is about as big as he got after yeah, that. But yeah, I love the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, same, same. What a debut. Yeah. You have to see it, Ben. I do. I do. I've met Lucky McKee, so I should have yeah. seen it. Is he a nice guy? Yeah. yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. Yeah, no, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. I don't think I had much of I didn't really have... Too much to have a conversation <laughs> with him. Or Pollyanna McIntosh, but we brought them out for Miff when yeah. uh, we released The Woman. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Way back when. Yes, yes, yes. And, and his dad. His he's dad came out as well. Really? Is his dad involved? I think his dad like helps out on the set and stuff okay. like that. He like does stuff on the film, but... Um, Carries his bags. He, uh, yeah, he signed our poster. His dad, Lucky Pollyanna, and oh, and uh, Lucky's dad signed our poster. So Just devalued the whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. He might have big things in store, Glenn. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's about to hit his. <laughs> he's about to make his directorial yeah, debut yeah. in August. Got in early, <laughs> before he was anybody. Well, I mean, I'm sure people listening have obviously they've either seen it or they haven't. Hit us up on. Um, <laughs> I, I was going in one direction. I thought I better backtrack. Usually one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can let us know on Facebook. There's, Drop there's, us a comment. There's only two kinds of people in this world: those who have seen May and those who haven't. <laughs> well, Ben, would you like to talk about a movie that you know? Once again, they may or may not have seen. It could go either way. Should be the new name of the show. Yeah. (laughs) 50 50. You either have or you haven't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, when I was, uh, I was trying to think about body parts. Yeah. And which, which. You got distracted. Which I got, yeah. Just saw something shiny. I'll be so so disappointed if you didn't go with a dick. I did. Well, in fact, I did. I, uh, I've been meaning to watch this movie for a long time, Yep. Uh, ever since I found out that it existed on VHS, mm. and I honestly couldn't tell you why I never saw it. 
but now that I have seen it, I'm glad I did because it is awesome. Yep. It is 1971's Percy. <laughs> yes. About the first, uh, the first, <laughs> the first penis transplant. Yeah. Ever done, and it is like it's it's a and it's a big transplant. Oh. It's a big transplant. Well, it's funnily <laughs> enough they 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 kind of hint at it in the in in Percy. Yeah. But. The, in 1974, they did make a sequel called, called uh, Percy's Progress, or in the US, I think it was called Is It Big Enough? Where yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, where yeah. they they in that one, it's played played by a different actor, but um, the the Percy character, but uh, they in that the whole joke is about you know how it's huge. I've seen one of them, and I'll let you I'll let you finish in a second, but I kind of felt like in my recollection that it's like an American version of Alvin Purple. Like it's kind of that kind of movie. It is look, they both they both are. Look the the this one was directed by Ralph Thomas, who is kind of probably most well known for doing all of those Doctor the Doctor in Doctor in Charge, Doctor in the House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All those Dirk Bogart movies from the seventies. And this is like very much like a carry on style sure. movie. Uh, although it does have the benefit of a uh, Ray Davies from the Kinks doing the soundtrack, and the soundtrack mm. is amazing. Um, and it, it has, even though it's set in the seventies, it does have a very kind of sixties feel to it. But it's uh, Hugh Bennett is the, uh, the main character, and he's he's kind of like a he and his wife, and his wife is an actress. They have their relationship has kind of gone a bit stale, and she's basically having an affair with uh, some other guy and plans to leave him. But before she can, she goes off on she goes off. On a movie shoot, she's an actress or something. Yeah, she goes off on a movie shoot while she's away, and she's planning to tell him that uh, she, he's, she's dumping him. He's off. He's like a antiques dealer type thing. Mm-hmm. He's off delivering a chandelier to a apartment building, and at the same time, this guy is having an affair with uh, with uh, Elkie Summer on like the fifth floor or whatever it is, and her husband comes home. So to to kind of escape, he just she tells him to jump out the window, not telling him that there is no, <laughs> there's no balcony or anything. <laughs> so he jumps out the building of this fifth floor and lands on, on uh, Hugh Bennett carrying the chandelier, and of course, that shears off oh. <laughs> Hugh Bennett's junk, mm-hmm. uh, his Percy, and uh, then Denholm Elliott who plays, who's got a, his name's Emmanuel Doctor Emmanuel White, just to class it up, put Denholm yeah. Elliott in there, yeah. And he's he's really good too. He's got a twinkle in his eye the whole time. The opening scene of the film is him on a talk show, like talking about is <laughs> like they're trying to explain what it is he does. And he yeah. goes, "Well, of course, uh, you know, we do a." And every time he says penis, they they bleep him, yeah. and he gets he gets enraged. And he goes, "And of course, you know, if we're talking about a woman's thing, then it's called a vagina, and it bleeped." Yeah. And he just goes, "How the hell can I even do the operation if every time I even say the word?" <laughs> can't even he just gets infuriated and that's when and that's when the uh the director of the show is like my mother always called it percy and that's you, your uh because your clap moment mm-hmm. i wanted to say to you like was this the movie that inspired the euphemism percy or did it take its name from no, the euphemism it's taken its name right from the euphemism. yeah um it's based on a book too which is uh hilarious uh <laughs> but look yeah it's it's just a lot of fun. It's like very much in those kind of carry on thing. It's got a great cast, like El Kisama, Britt Eklund, Sue Lloyd, Sid Heyman, Janet uh, Key turns up. And do we see any dick? You don't see any dick. You see you see a couple of boobs, mm. like usually one at a time. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Boobs in a dick in film. A, in yeah. a pair? Or... No, no, no. That's the thing. You don't see oh, them in a pair. You just one see and one. One and oh, one. Oh, okay. 
right. You see one, and then five, ten minutes later, there's another one. Mm. Another one. But uh, they're all wearing <laughs> they're some great outfits. Whoever did the costume design really excelled themselves. Whoever did the casting really excelled themselves. They should have put one boob in part one and one boob in part two. It's a good double feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think this. Well, the second one uh, has like Judy, Julie, sorry, Judy, Judy Geeson and yep. Julie Edge in it. So that's going to be. That that would is going to be amazing. I can't wait to track that down and watch it. That's coming <laughs> yeah. out on Blu-ray in the UK, I think. But Vincent Price is also in it. Oh, but yeah. Denholm Elliott returns. Fuel Bennett does not. They Lee Lawson, I think, plays the the mm. the penis transplant. But that that movie goes on a kind of a, a weird tangent. Like he to get away because the whole the whole thing is the word gets out that he's had this penis transplant. <laughs> and it becomes it's in all the papers and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he becomes hounded by paparazzi. Who all want a shot of his <laughs> of his Percy, <laughs> and in the second one he kind of he and his uh, girlfriend. Oh no, actually no, I think he by himself, which is odd considering how the first one ends. But he goes off to try and escape all the attention, mm. and he disappears for a year. And while he's away, he comes back and discovers that uh, a chemical has been released into the water supply, and making all <laughs> men uh, impotent. Yeah. And uh, so he's the only fertile man <laughs> left in the world. Now we're talking Alvin Purple territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The government planned to use him to yep. uh, repopulate the planet. <laughs> and uh, they hold a, like a misconception it's beauty a, pageant. It's not a bad job. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's a, but you know, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Sex and Zen? Yeah, I have. Because in that film, funny enough, I guess technically the guy in Sex and Zen is the first guy to ever have a penis transplant because <laughs> he, he has a horse's penis attached. Oh but then God. they they literally they 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 milk him. It was it was Freddie. <laughs> they milk him to the point where he ages dramatically from the constant milking. Yeah. <laughs> he withers. He withers. He withers. God. He withers on the vine. Yeah. Drained. The That's life's right. drained out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Human Sultana. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there is no easy way to throw to Guillermo, so we'll just do it. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? It's Guillermo here again from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favorite entertainment website covering all things movies and television. As always, here to tell you a little bit about what we've covered on the website in the past week. Kicking off with cameras officially rolling on Mad Max Fury Road spin-off. Furiosa. Chris Hemsworth shared the news on social media sharing a picture of a film slate from the set. Director George Miller continues at the helm of the Mad Max franchise, this time it's a prequel said to be looking at the character that was played by Charlie's Theron in Mad Max Fury Road. The film will be following a young Furiosa played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Chris Hemsworth stars along with Angus Sampson, Nathan Jones and Tom Burke. No other plot details are fully known at this time. The film is currently scheduled to hit cinemas in May 2024. Longtime best friends Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery, who used to work together at the Video Archives movie rental store in California back in the day, and were going to win Oscars for their screenplay for Pulp Fiction, are set to join up for a movie podcast. The podcast is going to be based around the 8,000 or so VHS tapes and DVDs that Tarantino now owns from that video store. The planned podcast has been titled The Video Archives Podcast, and we'll find Tarantino and Avery talking about everything from, and I quote, controversial James Bond film films to surprising exploitation flicks in order to quote expose listeners to movies they didn't know they'd love give awards to their favorites and of course rate the quality of the video transfer Tarantino and Avery said in a joint statement, We never imagined that 30 years after we worked together behind the counter at Video Archives, we would be together again doing the exact same thing we did back then, talking passionately about movies on VHS. 
The Video Archives podcast is going to be available on Stitcher, which is earned by SiriusXM. Oh, and the release date, which I guess I should tell you, is July 19th. There's a remake of Frank Marshall's 1990 movie Arachnophobia in the works, and the director has been chosen. Set to take the helm of this redo is Christopher Landon, known for horror comedies such as Happy Death Day and Freaky. James Wan and Michael Clear are going to be among the producers under their Atomic Monster banner, with a screenplay to come from Don Jacoby, who had a story by credit on the original film, and Wesley Strick, whose credits include Martin Scorsese's Cape Fear and The Man in the High Castle. That about does for me guys, as always head to ScreenRealm.com for your latest movie and TV news, trailers, reviews, competitions, all that jazz, we've also got your latest streaming release schedules for Australia, thanks so much for having me everyone, catch you next week.
Hey, did you did either of you catch that movie, The Collector, about ten years ago? Yes, but I can't remember it though. The I WWE it, movie? No, no. The this collector? was um, it's a, it was like Saw meets Home Alone. Yeah. Was... Are you doing that? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. Yeah. Was... No, I didn't. Yeah. You weren't paying attention because the song we just listened to was from. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> but the collector <laughs> was me. originally. It might be though, dude. It might what be was like a Ray Mysterio Jr. type. Uh... It may be. I do know that it was I originally it. made as a, a prequel to Saw, so it's definitely got that kind of feel to it but anyway my point being that the, the song we did listen to just now is actually from the sequel to that movie called the collection and it's called talk to me by porcelain raft you looking it up there i am <laughs> it was supposed to have a third installment too called um the collected but this is the funny part apparently the directors just lost interest and didn't make oh. it yeah it's like is that a, is that a one way of saying that the the studio didn't want it or is that yeah. just them saying nah this can't, can't, can't be bothered, bothered. <laughs> Sometimes when you collect stuff, something happens and you just get over yeah, it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And then you're like, what do I do with all this shit? Yeah. Well, I thought they were really good movies, particularly the first one. The guys that made it, the guys that made the Feast trilogy and they did Saw 4, 5, 6 and 7. I liked Feast. Piranha 3 Double D and Gary Piranha Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, that is. 3 Double D is fantastic. Good old Gary Busey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't beat it. <laughs> well, there you go. Bit of bonus trivia with your song this week. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Love me a bit of trivia. Well, a precursor to the as trivia as, section yeah. later on. As, as yeah. long as I don't have to ask or answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Same, I love same. Trivia. I love trivia, except I'm just really bad at it. Let's turn our attention to <laughs> Melbourne Horror Film Society again, because yeah. the next screening is The Hand. And as we said earlier on, this is the third instalment of your Severed Hand theme series, I guess you would the call second, it. The second, the second. What did I just say? Third, did I'm pretty I? sure. Oh, far out. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And I'm not the one drinking this week. <laughs> <laughs> a delicious beer. <laughs> it really is, though. So, our, yeah, our focus interview this week is um, all to do with The Hand, which is a little banger. It's um, from director Oliver Stone. The Hand is a little banger. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. If it's in the fist. Yeah. <laughs> Second horror movie directed the by Oliver Stone. five points are like hand, fingers <laughs> on a hand. And when I close that hand, it becomes a fist. Do you know the, do you know the name of Oliver Stone's first movie and slash first horror film that he made? No. Malzy? Seizure. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing here because I told because you. Because we were just talking about it before. We, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can see it and I can't remember Some it. extra <laughs> trivia for you. Um, Oliver Stone's first filmmaking experience. After was he... Seizure. After he came back from the Vietnam War, was um, an assistant director on Troma's Battle of Love's Return. So he's a Troma mm, alumni. Yeah. Right. There we go. Anyway, The Hand. Yes, The Hand. <laughs> it's a great little film. Michael Caine, yeah. fantastic. Um, it's a really cool spiral into madness, this film. Have you seen it before? Is I this have gonna not. Be your no, first? no. And I do love, like, not seeing things before of our course. screening. So yeah. when I was, when we were going to start doing the podcast, I was like, oh, I better start pre-watching everything so that I can talk about it. But luckily you've mostly seen everything, so you can talk about it. But um, because I really do like getting that experience with everyone else when I can. Well, but... I, I don't really have to talk much about it because I'm about to throw to my conversation with Andrea, um, Andrea, I should say, Markovici. And um, she plays the ever-suffering wife to Michael Caine in this film. Um, just uh, the things she puts up with this film are just yeah. horrendous, but exhilarating to watch on the big <laughs> screen. Yeah, there's a bit of... 
nobody listening can see that you're, <laughs> you're doing a hand doing, across the I'm, table. I'm doing a little bit of cousin it. <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> So anyway, um, like I said earlier, I've been trying to connect with as many people from the Horror Society screenings as possible, and uh, I'm always thrilled when they, they respond favourably, and she did. So here it is, my chat. Grab a cup of coffee. It's not too long. And enjoy. What's the matter? Why are you looking at me like that? Terror he could not forget. You think I've done something wrong, don't you? Torment he could not bear. You think there's something in there, don't you? Truth he would not face. You want to see? Hey, take a look! Michael Caine in The Hand. Starts Friday at a theatre near you. Consult your listings. Hi, Andrea. What a trip it's, it is to be chatting with you. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. How are you? I'm very, very well. And very um, so, happy to be back in Melbourne. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Well, you know, great to, great to be talking with you because I've, I've invited you here to chat about The Hand, which is a, a movie that was made in 1981, or I suppose it was filmed, you know, before that. It's hard to believe it's 41 years. Is, is it, it? I suppose it's... Oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never realised I was that old. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, is it a film that you think about much? Sure, sure. I was very proud to get that part. I fought for that. It was, it was very exciting to, to, to audition for that. I happened to be, I, I was living in LA, but I'd gone home to see my mother in New York and I auditioned first in New York and then they flew me out to Beverly Hills to audition again and I stayed at the Beverly Hills Hotel in Liz Taylor's suite biggest suite I've ever seen in my life the, <laughs> the living room section was as big as a football field the <laughs> the uh the closet was big enough for Liz Taylor I mean it was just it was yeah. glorious and I met with um Oliver Stone again and I had the part, I was given the part while, you know, just shortly after the audition. It was, it was thrilling, just thrilling. Yeah. It's such a, such a great movie. And I think it's more than just a, a B-horror movie, like a lot of people sort of think it was. Do you recall sort of your response to the script back then? Did you see it as just a little horror film? No, I saw it as a psychological thriller. And I think that's what Oliver wanted. Mm. He did not want it to be a horror movie. But some some things happened in the in the in the in the the movie world at the time. Mm. He wanted a psychological thriller. It would have been all black and white if he'd had his way. <laughs> but at the time, all of these slasher movies started coming out, and um, Friday the Thirteenth and things like that, bloody mm. things, and th the. Um, studio came down on him and said, we need more gore, we need more shots of the hand, we need, we need this, that, and the other thing. His version had almost no shots of the hand. Mm. It was going to be all in Michael Caine's mind. And when I read the script, that's what I read. And they went back later, and they put in a lot more shots of the hand scurrying around. Now, as you know, in 1980, which is when we shot it, we didn't have CGI. We didn't have all those fancy tricks. We had the man who created E.T., mm -hmm. 
um, the, the puppet maker, and that's it. And there's only so much a rubber hand with a couple of strings attached can do. So I don't think Oliver ever made the movie he really wanted to make. Sure. And that I makes know, sense. And I know I never got to make the movie I really wanted to make, which was much more emotional, much more about the relationship between um, my husband and myself and his disintegration of his mental breakdown after losing his hand in the accident that I created. I was driving. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 40 years ago. What do you want? <laughs> no, I know. I know. I mean, but the point was there was more to plumb as a psychological thriller than as a horror movie. Yeah. But the studio wanted a horror movie. That all makes so much sense because I think at the time that he made it, Oliver Stone had already written Platoon and maybe Midnight Express. Yeah, that and, was the direction he was going in. Yeah, and they're, they're films that have a lot of horrors in them as well, but, you know, in a much more psychological and dramatic yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think, like, you know, over the time, the hand kind of plays much more like a psychological thriller now than it, than it probably Especially did. Especially because it doesn't have classic, classic yeah. horror in it. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and it's interesting, interesting, too, that Michael Caine, you know, has been you know, famous for saying that he made a, a few paycheck movies in his time and he considered this one of them, which is just silly, but, uh, you know. He had a this, ball. He loved he, it. Did you he two get along? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, I mean, there is just nobody like Sir Michael King. Mm -hmm. If you were to say, who do you want to have dinner with of all the people in the world that you could have dinner with, you want to have dinner with Sir Michael King. He is a raconteur of such proportions. Now, I didn't get to have dinner with him much until we got to San Bernardino, where we were shooting the exteriors for the, the cabin sequences and the things in, in the woods and stuff. But we had a couple of weeks in San Bernardino. And yes, we all dined together then. And I was like a puppy. I just... <laughs> More, 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 tell me more, tell me more. He was delightful, ordering the wine, ordering the dinner, telling the stories. How could you, you just couldn't get any better. Hmm. When we were in the studio in LA, Michael Caine could not leave the set fast enough because of Shakira. There was never an actor who loved his wife more then Michael loved Shakira. When it became time to go home, that cigar got lit. It was the martini shot. You could not keep him on the set another second. And when he was doing the off camera for me, like if it became 5.30 or so, there was smoke rising behind his head because he's gone. He's gone. He's gonna leave. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter how serious the scene is. He's gone. Yeah. He, he's a fascinating man. He taught me an enormous amount about acting. Um, I learned so much from him. He could weep. You know, a lot of actors say, oh my God, how do you cry? How do you cry? Mm. Well, I wasn't a good crier ever, ever. It would take me... Um, 
15 minutes of looking at a picture of my dead dog. It was, you know, and he said, that's so silly. That's so silly. Why do you do that? Why do you do that to yourself? He'd be in a sequence and in between, he'd be making the crew howl with laughter and then go right back into the sequence. And I was astounded by that. And many years later, I learned that I had the capacity to do that. I just never trusted myself. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, it's such a thrill to talk about, you know, to talk to someone like you about someone like him, you know, like just to oh. see that firsthand experience and how. And what a you. gentleman, what a yeah. gentleman and not, not a, not a word of sexism in him, you know, none of the, you know, there were very small ways of me too. Yeah. If you get well, my drink. I'm it really glad you brought that up though. Oh, well, good, because it wasn't always an actual suggestion or an attack or a, it, it wasn't. It was always little things like, mm. oh, don't worry about that, dear. Or yeah. you look tired, dear. Let's break. I will yeah. never forget that on the front mm. when Marty Ritz said to me, you look tired. It's a wrap. Mm. I look tired. I was 25 years old. I didn't look tired. They wanted to take a break. That's my version of yeah. me too. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to. No, no, no. Well, I'm saying there were small bits of sexism in different ways. Michael was the purest gentleman. Never the teensiest bit of flirtation because nobody loved their wife like Michael loves Shakira. Yeah, and it's amazing you bring it up because I was going to talk about this and I'm sure when it gets screened in Melbourne here by the Melbourne Horror Film Society, they will pick it apart a little bit um, as mm -hmm. well. It's more relevant now, I think, than it was then because there are certain themes of, I guess, domestic violence and misogyny in the film. Um, mm -hmm. Were they as apparent then as they are now? Like, was his character written to be that way? Like, as in, it's perceived a lot differently in modern times, you know? Um, there was so much we weren't aware of. There was so much we weren't thinking of. There's so many scripts that probably wouldn't get made. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world and a good thing too. Yes. A good thing makes, too it's a different world. It makes these films time capsules, doesn't it? But it, it makes the films time capsules, but also this is a man who's going mad. So who knows how he would have behaved if everything had stayed the way it was and he had his art. I mean, take away the art from a person, take away their craft, take away their expression of their soul. You don't I know mean, what you're gonna do. Even before the incident though, like, you know, he treated his wife, you know, fairly poorly. She wanted to get away from him and he wouldn't let her. You know, there's that kind of stuff, which I that's what I'm getting at. I don't know if that was really something. You th yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I kind of I like seeing that stuff in old films because it really does um, yeah. put a marker in time. It's it, it puts a marker in time. It's absolutely true. Something else that makes this film uh, relevant is the fact that he's a comic book writer. So, you know, in today's world, that's not you know uncommon whatsoever. Um 
And no. interesting, interestingly, the guy that drew all the pictures in the hand, Barry Winston Smith, he was working for Marvel at the time. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And an interesting piece of trivia about him is he's the guy that wrote the Conan comics and Oliver Stone went on to write Conan the Barbarian. So isn't that There's a lot of interesting things in that picture. And um, Annie McEnroe went on to marry the producer. Yeah. And Oliver was temporarily with somebody else on that film. I can't remember who. But, you know, it comes and goes. I did a lot of yoga and I still do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you know, I I would love to chat about this for a long time, but we are just about out of time. Um, I'm just so glad that... We can't be out of time until I show you this. All right. Can you get this in in the frame? Certainly can. Wow. So that's... When he was given the AFI... I think is this uh, the Life Achievement Award? Yep. I sang for him at Lincoln Center, and he danced to my singing with Shakira. Amazing. Isn't that gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a personal letter from him signed that I That's keep incredible. hung up. That is incredible, and that that actually um, brings me to the point that you know. You do so much, you know, you're such a rounded performer. Um, where can people find you online? Like, you have a website and www.marcovici.com. And there's a lot of memories there. We have an archive. There's a lot of uh, music there, all of my CDs, and actually just a real, very well put together um, uh, chronological uh, history of the career and the things that I've done since I was about 16. Wow. And I know I've been in the business over 50 years. Yeah. Well, I definitely recommend that everybody go and jump on that website, have a look at it and find you wherever you are on social media as well. And I have no intention of stopping. I had an audition (laughs) just about 20 minutes ago because we now do the auditions ourselves at home. Yeah. Zoom. It's hilarious. (laughs) What a world we live in. I know, it's strange. Oh, and it allows me to connect with people like you as well. And this is a film I've loved for a long time. And I'm thrilled to ha- see it being screened down here in Melbourne. Uh, I think on June 28th. So everybody watching that is in Melbourne should get along to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes. Everybody go. Thank you so much for um, making time for us. Uh, it's been an absolute thrill for me. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And I have fond memories of singing in Melbourne. Five nights. I loved it. Good Movie Monday is made possible with help from Kaiju Beer. Unashamedly intense Australian craft beer. This is Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and we're going to talk about James's fingers and how magical they are. That's not what we're talking about at all. However, we all t- are talking about body part films. All and- right, so we're going to talk about other body parts on James that are just magical. So, gentlemen, if you're talking about a film that is about body parts, I think you have to go to the real OG, Tom Schulman. Tom Schulman, most people know for this, uh, this tripe film called Dead Poet Society, which is semi-autobiographical. But most people forget 
he wrote and directed a film that is way more important that involves body parts. It's about eight body parts being put in a piece of luggage. You could call it eight heads in a duffel bag. Did you know that was by the same guy that did Dead Poet Society? No. Of course you did, because the writing is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. The ethos, the pathos, it's all there, gentlemen. If you've never seen Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, that would star a certain uh, Joe Pesci, uh, Christy Swanson, and David Spade. And it is about a hitman who has conveniently eight heads in a duffel bag. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I can't Dad. believe you didn't mention Diane Cannon and George Hamilton. I don't have to mention anything. Uh, it was made on a budget of $3 million. Well, you would think after Dead Poet Society, they just would have wrote him a billion-dollar check. But it only made $4 million back at the theater. My favorite scene in the movie is, of course, where all the heads get together and sing. Yep. It's a great scene. If you've never seen Eight Heads in a Devil Bag and you're thinking, I want to watch a film with body parts and Joe Pesci, I can't think of a better film that meets those descriptions. Go um, ahead, whoever. Mr. Next. Sandman, make me a dream. All right, so mine is going to be actual the movie Body Parts. Now, the reason, <laughs> this is a little on the nose. As I was sitting here looking at the list, the reason I want to talk about it is because, one, I love this movie when it came out. Two, one of my favorite character actors of all time is Jeff Fahey. Never gets enough credits. Another guy never gets enough credit. It's got Brad Dourif in it. Four, it's written and directed by Eric Red, who I've tried to get on this damn show a half a dozen times, who wrote Near Dark, The Hitcher, and made body parts. It's about a psychologist, psychiatrist, gets in an accident, gets his hand arm replaced by someone who turns out to be what, gentlemen? A serial killer. A serial killer. This this story is about as old. A story. I'm glad Chad old. went first. I was assuming a school marm. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And then his arms going all crazy. And the third act is where it goes off the rails because the serial killer is reassembling himself, ripping off the pieces that was Ugh. taken away from him to put himself back together. I'm actually sitting here smiling about there's an explosion. You see the guy all bandaged up as he's running away. I've got it in my brain. I, it's probably not that good. I haven't watched it in a while, but it is called Body Parts. All right. So Joe and James, they focused on the external body parts. So I want to focus on an internal body part. And I want to talk about a film the that, could only, that could only be made by the great people of Belgium. Plum near killed him, Joe. <laughs> Wrecked him. Close. The Thingy. Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. It is a story Don't about a... The Supreme Court hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is about the story of a female bodybuilder who gives birth to a normal baby, but she decides to actually raise the placenta instead. And it's all about this, this placenta coming of age as a teenage boy. As placentas do not only dealing with being raised as a placenta in a normal human society, but also a Christian and eventually a soldier. It is a wonderful film that could also only be brought to us by the lovely people of Troma. Uh, can I just also mention a couple of scenes that it is almost, if you watch it, it is seriously just a really bad ripoff of Eraserhead. <laughs> yeah. And there is a lovely uh, dream sequence where the placenta is moved uh is a is the stone in a curling match and the the curlers are moving it slowly into a giant vagina with teeth it is not a good movie vagina but, I, but i wanted to talk about it Con the thingy 
confessions of a teenage placenta there you go people and with that you've had bonehead weekly fun size chad's movie insists upon itself (laughs) man eight heads in a duffel bag ben haven't thought about that movie in a very long time no no (laughs) david spade was in that of course he was. <laughs> was he one of the heads? No. No. That's a shame. It was a funny time when that came out. Do you remember there was a whole slew of movies that came out with really descriptive movie titles? Yeah. Like, because you had things to do in Denver when you're dead around the same time. Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. I just remember it being that period of time after Lethal Weapon 3 where I thought, oh, Joe Pesci's just going to be in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we talked about Gone Fishing. Gone Fishing. was That was around that time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that these movies always had like a little story in the title. Yeah. It's like we <laughs> have figured out that synopsises don't work. This is how you, this is how no you, one bothers reading them. <laughs> this is We're how you pitch a film. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. What so what's the, the movie about? Eight heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sold. <laughs> so what's your first, uh, sorry, second recommendation? <laughs> well, look, considering that I talked about uh, penises in the first recommendation, I'm going to have to go. I have to swing it to the uh, left. <laughs> well, yeah. I have to go to the, to the other the other outlet. Oh, the asshole. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't want because now you know we're not really allowed to talk about gender. You've got even. You've got but to even it. I got to even it up. Oh, right? okay. I so, get where we're going. <laughs> and it was like I was. You know, am I going to talk about uh, teeth or uh, chatterbox mm-hmm. or pussy talk? If we're going to be really <laughs> uh, obvious, but I thought no, no. Stick to the upstairs region. Oh, okay. Keep it, keep it to Stick the, to the notes. Well, keep it to the a, notes. It's about, you know, it's about theme. Yeah. It's on theme. Uh, so I'm going to talk about 1987's classic action movie, Feel the Heat, or I think Catch the Heat is what it was called I, I do not US. know this one. No. It is, it's an amazing film. It's directed by Joel Stilberg, who, who uh, uh, directed the fantastic Breakin. Or Breakdance. I <laughs> know yeah, that uh, one. He also did Bad Guys, that wrestling movie, which oh, is awesome, yeah. with mm-hmm. Adam Baldwin. Uh, and Lombarda, but not Lombarda, the Forbidden Dance. He's He uh, got involved in the uh, in the canon war yeah. between between Golan and Globus. That's uh, right. I don't know if he chose the right side or not. Uh, <laughs> There's no wrong or right side to a Lombarda. No. You can... No, it's, the, yeah. it's sexy whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Uh, my father was a big fan of the music video, the Lombardo music video, when it was on. I'm sure he was. I don't know why. Uh, I can't for the life of me understand why. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? They're having sex, Ben. But they're dancing. <laughs> so wait till the 80s. Actually, I guess that was the 80s. Mm. Uh, no, this, this film is great. It is a... Basically, it's like an undercover cop movie. Mm-hmm. And this... Uh, Stars Tiana, Tiana Alexandra Siliphant is the lead actress, but her character name is her character name. She's a cop. She's a vice cop in uh, the city. I can't remember what city it's in, but her her, her name is Checkers Goldberg. Right? She's she's an she's a little, little tiny little Asian woman, but her name is Checkers Goldberg. When she goes undercover, her name is Cinderella Pooh. <laughs> Fantastic! Like, mm. Whoever who, who wrote this, I don't know. I don't know who wrote this. Fucking genius! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolute genius. But she goes undercover somehow. Uh, these drugs are being smuggled into the country. They can't figure out how, but they know it's coming from uh, Rod Steiger, who is a uh, runs this uh, modeling agency in 
can't even remember where. Like he's on some island or South America or something like that. And they can't figure out how he's getting the drugs in. So she goes undercover as a model, as a potential model, to find out how. And I don't really, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to spoil it. Right. So I apologize. But the, the way he's smuggling the drugs in is, in, I mean, you're not really watching it for the surprises, is genius. He convinces these models that what they need to be successful as models uh, is a boob job. And while they're under the knife getting their breast implants, he smuggles the drugs in their boobs. Yep. And then when they come out, uh, oh, we just get our American doctor to fix. Mm -hmm. And they take the drugs out again. Sometimes the sacks burst. Ooh. And the the women die, and that's how they kind of catch on to the fact that this is happening. Oh, Surinder, Cinderella Pooh's got a work cut out for him. <laughs> Brian Thompson tops up, drops up in this. Everyone loves, everyone loves the uh, <laughs> an acne scarred Brian Thompson, John Hancock, David Dukes. What a great name! It's not unfortunately it's not David Dukes mm. with an X. Yeah, he's not the guy from Bloodsport. He's not Frank's uh, he's brother. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic film. Palace brought it out on VHS back in the day. I don't know if it's ever had a. A DVD release, certainly not in Australia. Or I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody will will uh, stick it up on the old social media, I, I proving me wrong. Keen to look at the uh, video cover for this because I reckon I'd know it if I looked but, at it. But it does not sound familiar to me. It was. It is just such a lot of fun. Like I was not expecting it to be as fun as it was. Sounds great to me. Uh, I'll see if I can find a picture of the cover. For All you right. In the meantime, in the I will. Okay. Well, I'll um I'll go ahead with my first recommendation. So when I thought body parts, um. I just seize the opportunity to talk about something I have spoken about before, but I'm sure nobody paid attention to me that time, <laughs> and they fucking well should have. So, but, um, were you saying something? <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie I can't resist. It's a totally... Oh, he's bringing up that image. I know the image of the woman. I don't know the poster itself, though. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's, that's a fairly... Yeah, definitely pop the, she looks very familiar. There we go. She was in um, Killer Elite. There we go. Alrighty. Just as a... Cool. Little side bit of trivia. <laughs> so this derail, movie derailing Glenn's. I'm uh, talking about is a very tasteless R-rated exploit with a cast that is irresistible. It's got Bill Paxton, Judd Nelson, Wayne Newton, James Kahn, Lara Flynn Boyle, Rob Lowe, Tony Cox, and Claudia Christian. <sighs> Are you so, talking about uh, <laughs> the line in winter? Open up your notepad and add 1991's The Dark Backward to your must-see list. Oh, this is backward. phenomenal. This one, directed by Alan Rifkin, sorry, Adam Rifkin, I should say, uh, who's a real cultish oddity in Hollywood because he kind of bounces between all sorts of genres. Um, he's been involved with lots of um, cult films, Psycho Cop 2. He wrote Small Soldiers, Detroit Rock City he directed, uh, Underdog. What a classic. The Disney Underdog movie. Night at the Golden Eagle with um, Vinnie Jones. Like, he's such a, a weird character in Hollywood. Psycho Cop, Psycho Cop 2 is the best of the Psycho yeah. Cop films. <laughs> but The Dark Backward, it's, it's this really dingy, grotty little movie that kind of feels like a forbidden movie when you watch it. It's like, you know, you kind of feel like you shouldn't be. But apparently he wrote this as a teenager. So it's from the mind of, like, 16-year-old mm. Adam Rifkin. Wow. Uh, and it kind of feels that way. But the story is about a... Uh, so weird. It's about a, a loser garbage man played by Judd Nelson who has these dreams of being a stand-up comedian. But his problem is that he's not funny. And no jokes land. <laughs> right? But he just is determined to make it. Um, <laughs> he's over-the-top uh, necrophiliac 
best friend, played by Bill Paxton. Who doesn't have a necrophiliac best friend? That's right. He pushes him (laughs) to pursue his passion. And when, this is weird too, when Nelson's character just starts growing a third arm out of his back, (laughs) suddenly he becomes a freak show attraction and and discovers that that's going to help propel him to success. And so that becomes part of his act as he's got three arms. And he stands like this and he's got a third one coming out the back. It's just so fucking weird. What does the third hand do? Nothing. It just sort of sta- it's fully like erect almost. Like it just so he doesn't have con- like he doesn't have no. It control doesn't move around. It. It just oh, sort of, well, okay. it's because it's a cheap movie and it's a prop. Like, okay. <laughs> 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 That's true. But it's so, so full of weird characters. You got like talent agents and managers, which is where like the Wayne Newton character and James Caan sort of characters come into it. Um, Jeez, Wayne Newton and James Caan are rival talent agents. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I, I want to watch that movie. I mean, I would say it's like David Lynch meets Tim Burton if I was to sum it up. But oh, I did wow. look it up and there's a quote from the, the Los Angeles Times on the poster actually. It says it's reminiscent of Eraserhead, Pink Flamingos and Brazil, a compellingly weird urban netherworld. That's a pretty good way to God. sum it up. But the best part of it is Bill Paxton. Whenever he's in a oh. movie... I mean, most you know, he dials it up to eleven every time, yeah. but in this one he breaks the scales completely. <laughs> and fucking a man, there is a scene Game right, over. right at the start. They're, they're both garbage men on the back of the truck, and as they're going through this sort of wastelandy kind of, I don't know if it's a dump or whatever, he finds a corpse and it's fresh, so he just drops his pants <laughs> and fucks it. And but it's done with comic effect, and it is just so you're watching it with your drawer on the ground, going, yeah. "What the, the fuck? crazy love all over again?" Oh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but the best thing for me with the dark backwood was the Aussie VHS artwork was the best. As a kid, it appealed to me. Once again, that big fat Aussie R rating on the front that <laughs> Very nice. that, that sold me every time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the the poster was delicious, I'd do anything to have it blown up on my wall. It'd be fantastic. But um, and you end up watching a lot of Jeremy Irons movies that are actually quite boring. <laughs> Why is this rated? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I will I will take this over at Jeremy Irons <laughs> any day of the week. Um, so there's good news for people listening. That it is up on YouTube entirely for free and the quality is really good too. So someone's obviously picked up a DVD because I think that's out of print now and they've, they've put it up on uh, YouTube. So. Oh, but catch, uh, catch the Heat is also up on YouTube. I should have oh, said that. There we go. So people are getting cheap entertainment this week. Yeah. <laughs> good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like the Adorium. Dulorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies, and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema, and more. Visit Dulorium.com today to see what it's all about. Come on, Milzy. Uh, <laughs> drop the percentage on those notes so I can read more. <laughs> turn, this, turn, turn it down to 98%. <clears throat> We're back. We're back. <laughs> I'm just going to um just distract you two from that okay, note from session you're having right there. <laughs> so by the time 1974 rolled around, <laughs> Sam Peckinpah, we all know him. Did I pronounce his name right, Ben? Peckinpah. Peckinpah. It's Peckinpah. Yeah. I've always said yeah. Peckinpah. Peckinpah. Oh, be more. Be more. They talk about him. They literally talked about him in last week's episode of The Offer. Because she's going off to shoot The Getaway, directed by Sam Peckinpah. I don't remember his name mentioned. I remember The Getaway being in that. They do talk. I, I think maybe in the actual the episode before when she says, we're supposed to be going, I thought you were coming with me to Texas to shoot the Sam Peckinpah movie. <laughs> Ali McGraw. Just before. I just I, What I'm really disappointed about is that they didn't do the part where she goes off to shoot with him. She comes back and... They, uh, there's, a, there's that famous photo of, of Ali McGraw dancing with Robert Evans. 
And the caption in Easy Riders Raging Bulls is that she was dancing with me and thinking about Steve McQueen's cock. You're <laughs> yeah. like, why wasn't that in the offer? <laughs> there you go. A little bit of our promotion for Paramount Plus there. <laughs> yeah. The offer. Fantastic TV show. Probably the best of the year, I think. I think so. Mm, excellent. Well, anyway. The Wild Bunch was one that he made that was very famous. The Getaway and Straw Dogs. Um, but... He made a neo-Western that not many people sort of saw, which was called Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Have you heard of this one? Nope. It's a banger. Um, this is definitely uh, a strong recommendation for me. It's the film that a lot of people accuse Tommy Lee Jones of ripping off when he made that uh, Three mm. Burials of um, Mil, Mil Giaga fucking Estorada, whatever the fuck that movie was. There's no way I was going to get that right. Yeah. You know the one I, I mean? I know which one you mean. I can't remember what the guy's name is. I think it's, yeah, Three Burials of Mil Giaga. Estorado. Which is why the poster had three burials written in really big fonts and the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, that's really all I remember is the three burials. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a real beauty of a film, but yeah. it, it was definitely a rip-off. It's, I can't, yeah. So three, three burials of Melquides? <laughs> Melquides? Estrada? I think it's I think it's Milgiata. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's Q-U, but I don't know what oh. that's, how that's pronounced that in Spanish. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's like Quesadilla. It should be Quasadilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the premise of this one okay. is... Um, that's, my, that's my most favourite dinosaur, the, <laughs> the Quasadilla. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a, oh, so good. It's about the daughter of a ruthless Mexican drug lord who falls pregnant. And the drug lord interrogates her with a bit of torture to reveal the identity of the father, because he's furious. Um, and she names Alfredo Garcia, who, as, as, um, who was the father's protege. So he worked for the gang lord and he was mm. sleeping with the daughter on the side. Uh, so, in a fit of rage, the, the drug lord offers a $1 million reward for anyone that can bring him the head of Alfredo Garcia. And Warren Oates plays a guy that's down on his luck. He's an American that's working in a dive bar, or he's, he's at a dive bar. And the drug lord's men come in asking about Garcia and his whereabouts, and everyone in the bar plays dumb. Like, you know, they all know who he is, but they, like, pretend they don't. Um, and they also know that he had just been killed in a car accident, so he was already dead. Warren Oates seizes the opportunity to make a fortune and then sets about digging up the corpse, cutting off its head and then delivering it for the $1 million. But the movie then is like a road trip and the whole movie is about him getting to the grave. And getting to know the head. And getting to know the head. And it's so strange and surreal. It's a very dark journey. Mm -hmm. But there's a particular moment. You've seen this? Where he drops his pants and fucks it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Wrong movie. You would probably have you seen the movie because there's a standout moment um, where Warren Oates' girlfriend is practically gang raped by a bunch of bikers, but it's a it's a she agrees to have sex with the leader so long as he doesn't kill the partner while mm. Warren Oates. But the leader's played by Chris Christopherson, and that's such a weird thing for me to see Chris Christopherson in one of these roles as like a yeah. rapey type because he's always fairly good guy. Have you seen Vigilante Force? No, I haven't watched that one. Where he's the he's the Green Beret. He comes to the he comes to Jan Michael Vincent like lives in this small town and but the there's uh, all sorts of corruption and the uh he so he calls his he calls in his big brother who's a Vietnam vet yep. to come and help them sort out the problems and it's Chris Christopherson. And when he gets there he sorts out the problem but then basically sets himself up and he's worse than the corruption that was there before. <laughs> right. So Jan Michael Vincent has to man up and uh but uh, you know that's he's got. That's the only other film I've seen where he has those kind of yeah, yeah those vibes. Well, this one it's a really long and drawn out scene. I reckon it lasts about ten, maybe fifteen minutes. Um, but the payoff's great. Like it does have a really the good payoff. The rape lasts <laughs> 10, fifteen minutes. Well, yeah, pretty much because it's this. It's this. It's hard to explain the way it's it goes down because territory. it's a lot of mm. tussle. She's resisting, blah blah blah. But then when she realizes the 
the magnitude of what's going on with the Warren Oates character, like they're about to kill him, she kind of has to agree. Right. Like, rather than, you know, both get killed. She's like, mm. you know, I may as well take this one. And But the payoff. <laughs> take it for no, the yeah. That yeah. is how it plays out. But, mm. but the payoff is magnificent. And right. let's just say the bikies don't win. Right. Right. I, uh, I hope it's like a house on, house on a straw hill. <laughs> that has the best... That has the best... Uh, <laughs> it has the best rape scene I've ever seen in a film where she completely turns the tables on them because, like, they're holding her at gunpoint. Yep. And they're like, but she's got, like, these, uh, like, psychic powers. And so he's like, turn her over. Turn her over again is the thing. But then she slowly kind of takes control of them and makes one of them shoot the other with the oh gun God. and then turn it on himself. Yeah. It's 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 just this amazing sequence. Wow. Awesome. I'm back to my movie. <laughs> I've, I've actually talked about two films. <laughs> I know. For the third time. For the third, yeah, third go. I won't. I won't go on much more. But um, <laughs> the, comp- the, com- <laughs> the complexity of the story is, is a little tricky to explain, so I won't do it. But the simple premise of looking for a corpse to cut off its head should be enough to entice anybody. And the fact that if you've seen wow. that Tommy Lee Jones film, then um, it's you know, go and watch this one. And you'll see where he got that inspiration for. But um, as far as Peckinpah is concerned. Um, pa. Peck and Pa, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever. Peck and I don't care. Goddamn Peck and Pa. He made, um, he was making, actually, he began writing Straw Dogs. Um, I think so, he was. So he loves the, is this another movie with the, with the dodgy <laughs> no, rape sequences? No, he began, he began writing Garcia when he was making Straw Dogs. Right. And when his next movie after that, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid tanked, it was a real failure at Chris, the box Chris office. Again. Yeah, I know. That's when he thought, well, I've got to do something cheap, and that's where this one came Come from. In. Yes. Um, is there anything about any other movie you'd like to bring to me? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, also, this was the biggest inspiration for the Coen brothers in Country of Old, no, Country of No Men. No Country for Old Men. No Country yeah. for Old Men. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> Where's that kaiju beer? <laughs> Fuck me. Sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm drinking the last one. <laughs> Ben's <laughs> giving me a complex after last week. <laughs> <laughs> Melzy. Save me. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> All right. So my second recommendation, I did try to, I, I, I did try to convince myself that I wasn't going to do this, but I had to just give into it because I am fucking obsessed with it. Pieces. Yes. 1982, directed by Juan Pico Simon. I don't know. Correct me if you'd like. No, no. I'm not going to correct. Also you. made sucky. I don't do that. Like I, I know you're wrong, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben's eyes both twitching. You, both of you. <laughs> also made slugs, and I because yes, I like to watch it's, new things it's, it's or slags. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember two fat slags? <laughs> the Viz, the Viz comic. Sorry. But yeah, I just wouldn't be giving myself just you know like I yeah. just I just couldn't not do it. So anyway, so the film starts in 1942 in Boston. It was actually shot in Valencia in Spain, but we're told it's Boston. So, um, and it also isn't really doesn't really look like the 40s, but leave all logic at the door when hey, watching this. The kids were in a checkered shirt. Of course, it's 40s. <laughs> so you've I got had no idea pieces were set in the 40s. No, only no, the, no. Opening. Oh, the opening. Ah, the opening. That's the Halloween thing. So, yeah. so you've got a young boy. Yes, Halloween. Yeah, you've got a young boy in his bedroom putting the final jigsaw pieces together of a naked woman. His mum comes in and sees what he's doing and loses her absolute shit. She's smashing things. She's an evil mother. Yeah, she's smashing things. She's going to set everything on fire. She's going to kill him. Yeah. The boy one-ups her (laughs) and eventually starts hacking at her with an axe and then saws her into pieces. 
sixes. Yeah. All the while making sure to finish his jigsaw puzzle because, you know, priorities. Yep. We then go to the present day in 1982. And students at a Boston university are being terrorised by a chainsaw-wielding murderer. So rather than close down the campus, the dean enlists the police to set up extra patrols on the campus. Inspector Bracken also gets his wife in on the job, who's a former tennis player, like pro tennis player. She goes undercover as a tennis coach at the university. The killer is trying to create recreate the woman from the jigsaw, taking the head from one victim, arms from another. <laughs> the kills are amazingly over the top. Everything is yeah, over the top. Totally. <laughs> so many random things happen through the film. Mary, the tennis pro, is attacked one night by a martial artist who then turns out to be a kung fu teacher at the college and he apologises after it, blames it on having some bad chop suey before running off into the night. Not only does he blame it on the chop suey, <laughs> he runs off by saying, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So amazing. And it just has nothing to do with anything. But apparently the producer was producing a lot of kung fu movies at the yep. time. Just thought it would be good to bring in the, a Bruce Lee interpreter named Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah it's Bruce, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee from one of his other movies to do the cameo. But I love the fact that this scene in particular, he does come out of nowhere. Yeah. But he fully assaults this yeah, woman, right? Assa- yep. And just doesn't relent. Boom, 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 yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah. But then when he recognises the other He's guy, it's like, oh, so oh, sorry. Oh, so sorry. Bad top suey. <laughs> It's so racist and so fucking funny. It's so racist. Oh my god! It's right. so like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It goes over that line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Mary yelling like she goes in and sees you know one of the killings comes out. She's really frustrated. And she just stands there. And goes, bastard! Bastard! Like it's incredible. Like so incredible. Um, the over-the-top red herrings, Willard, the grand, groundskeeper with his <laughs> yeah. wide-eyed leering and sneering, and I'm doing a face that no one else can see except for everyone in this room. <laughs> he uses a chainsaw. He's a great red herring, though. Oh, it's funny as. So, oh, it's amazing. But So we did a screening of this a couple of months ago at um, True, Nor- uh, yeah, True North, and um, and... Like what had me absolutely fucking losing my mind during this scene, this screening was like I'd I'd forgotten like I'd remembered all of those like major things, but I'd forgotten just how ridiculous the character of Kendall is. <laughs> He's not that ridiculous, but the way that the film deals with him is so insane. He's just like this completely average student, but like must have like a magic dick. <laughs> <laughs> that literally everyone wants and the police get him in on the case and they're constantly turning to him for answers and information like, oh, Kendall would know. Oh, Kendall, what do you think about this? The lieutenant has only just met him and he says to his wife, like, I trust him. I stake my life on him. <laughs> I kind of find sometimes you don't realise how contrived and bad these things are until you watch them with an audience. Yeah. Because you watch them by yourself and it just you know the film and it's like, you know. You but that, that's literally my next yeah. line is it's the best yeah. party movie. It like is. it's the best group. Like watch it in a group and it's just riotous. Like it, oh. I think famously there was a test screening in which um, the audience reacted with laughter, which the producers are like, okay, well. We don't have the horror film hit we thought, but we've got yeah. a comedy comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I've only ever seen it at Melbourne Horror Society screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how I've well, that's, it. and that's the thing. Like we we you know wouldn't usually show something twice. I just want to show it every year now. But yeah, because as soon as we started doing the annual. second, the second, yeah, that's what I was thinking. As soon as we started that second yeah. um, venue at True North, that was one of the we we're just like, well, yeah, that bang, we're showing pieces. Let me again. tell you why this movie now depresses me. Okay, so oh. I knew you were 
were coming to the the show with this as a recommendation, uh-huh. or possibly as a recommendation. Yeah. I got in the mood, so I watched it last yes. night. Right? Fucking, I adore it. But I thought I'm also going to wear my pieces T-shirt whilst we record. Yeah. And I put my pieces T-shirt oh, on, no. and I remembered how fat I've gotten since I'm worked <laughs> at home. And I work from home now, so I don't get yeah. out, and I'm not as active. And I have stacked it on, and my pieces T-shirt does not fit me that anymore. That is so you fair. You should have just worn it as a, like a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> I have it sitting. Yeah, it's only you at home. I don't want you looking at my notes, Ben. I've, I've been saying because I love it. I love my horror dresses. Yeah. Like I'm always. I just want to wear. Jumpsuits and horror dresses. Yeah. That's that's pretty much that's that's my goal at the moment is just to be able to have a full outfit to be able to or like a full like wardrobe to be able to wear that all the time. And um and yeah, like having a piece as one yeah. is like the wow. ultimate. So that's but awesome. hopefully I won't then stack on the weight and then get depressed and then not want to watch the movie <laughs> and all of, yeah. <laughs> if you wore a bodysuit, where would you put your notes? <laughs> <laughs> Well, just, uh, can I just give you a bit of advice? So when you're doing recommendations, just leave that little bit of room for Ben to come in with another movie and, <laughs> and talk about Because <laughs> you can do it with you. Well, I, I, think, I think because I do have the, such extensive notes, A, there he's getting, a... he doesn't really have the opportunity to come in and B, he's a little bit distracted by the notes. By the so notes. This I'm is just, where you I'm go. So I've got, so that's a bit of advice for you, Glenn. Okay. Okay. I will wear the piece of t-shirt next week. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. All right. Well, we're almost at the end of the show, which does mean we've got some trivia coming up in a second. Trivia. Some notable mentions. Now that you mention pieces, it just crossed my mind that Resurrection is a very similar movie, but done in a much more sinister way. The um, Christopher Lambert film mm-hmm. with um, was it Russell Mulcahy that directed that mm-hmm. one. That's a banger. I should have done that as a recommendation if I hadn't already. I would have but done there that. Are I think so, you've yeah. like I've got this massive list that yeah. I as soon as this was going to be the topic, I've would you like me to go through it? Do some. Oh, um, I've got I've only got three written I mean, down all, here. I so mean all, but okay. No, just, <laughs> we don't have to stop when... and talk about every one of them. No, no, no. I'm not going to. I'm just gonna list them up. <laughs> Titan. Yeah. Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. Dance Mar Pure or In My Skin. Boxing Helena. Oh yeah. American Mary. Fresh by mm-hmm. Mimi Cave, and I only didn't do that because it's been talked on the show. And then I've got honourable, honourable mentions <laughs> that are just like... <laughs> it's not just one list, it's two. So Xander's Eye in season seven of Buffy. Oh, Ash's Hand in Evil Dead 2. Rose McGowan and her machine gun leg in Planet Terror. And the incredible sideshow performers in Todd Browning's Freaks from 1932. One never. One never. And, and, and nobody's, one, nobody's one. talking about Soul Surfer. <laughs> She gets her arm bitten off by a shark. No? Yeah, okay. Um, it's literally like everything that I've watched since this has come up, I'm just like this and this and the amazing Spider-Man. There was another note in there. I was watching <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man with my son. Uh, yeah, growing back an arm. What so about um, Monty Python's Holy Grail? Yeah. <laughs> gets his, all his limbs cut off. All his limbs cut off. Yeah. Come here, bite your ankles off. <laughs> That's right. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like so many films. Yeah, Totally. That have some kind yeah. of body, body trauma. Pu- yeah, yeah. Body trauma. Did you have any honourables? Uh, no. Okay. Well, or honourable honourables. Well, you did bring up Adam's family before. That's an honourable. Yeah, we did. We yeah did. It. I did a neat gag. Guys, <laughs> a neat gag. We talk about bound because there's a great scene where some oh, fingers get cut yes. off in there. Yeah. Yes, I love bound. a good bit of. Oh, blood simple. Any. Any uh, Lucio Fulci film. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. Lo- lo- always always some good eye trauma in those. There's always like a prolonged sequence of a of a sharp point, <laughs> someone's face coming towards it really slow mm-hmm. before 
in, yeah. in also slow, like going right into the eye. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like that scene in uh, in X where uh, Martin Henderson stands on the nail. Yeah, yeah, and everyone in the audience is just ah. Yeah, it's when they just when they they lead you up to it, you know it's coming. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like out of the blue, like and it's shocking, but when they actually, you know, it's there. Like they're yeah. in a quiet place as well. They've got where she stands yeah. on the <sighs> on the thing, yeah. yeah, on the on the nail, and that's all built up as and well. And the, the the sun hitting the trap. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Did we see that together? I think I reacted with whoever I, I was did. with. I think we and we were both like, together. "Fuck, that's mm. the most blood curdling scream I've ever I, heard in cinema." Because yeah, because I had to watch I had to watch the Quiet Place the first one before. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Because I hadn't seen it. And, and it's funny because the, the first... I watch no movies. The first sound that we hear in the movie is that scream. That, and it's yeah. like so blood curdling. Anyway, nice digression, Glenn. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> now let's do some trivia. This is my favourite part of the show oh, that no one else seems to embrace like yeah. I do. So, you know... I hate it. Both, both disappointed yep. and excited at the same time. <laughs> you too. Fucking hell. Well, because I'm so bad at it. Well, I'll just... Well, I'll do the first one know, and then... You two can... Then we'll go Ben and Melzi. All right. So this one shouldn't be too hard. How many actors portrayed Pinhead in the Hellraiser feature films? Two? Three. Four. Oh, Jesus. Because you've got the new female. Never seen oh. a Hellraiser film. Oh, no, I have. I've seen Hellraiser yeah, 3. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Well, that was mine. First mm. one. Uh, ben? Okay. What is the name of the cinema in Demons? They go oh, to watch. Oh, jeez. No, I've got no idea. It's like a famous, it's, it's, a, it's a famous <sighs> cinema film. Yeah, I know. I know the scene very well. No idea what the yeah, cinema's same. called. No, no ideas. <laughs> nah. All my questions are like this. That was the easy one. No. It's <laughs> the, the fact that they don't have six parts. The Metropole. Like, oh, Metropole. Okay, yeah. That's a great party movie too. Yeah. Oh, it is. So good. We saw yeah. that at, um, I, at one of the Aster um, Halloween yeah. all nighters, about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I had to make it. I had to make a tough decision on the weekend. My niece came around; she's twelve. Yeah, I brought her around to watch horror movies. You're telling me about this, yeah? Yeah, How and it was like I had to promise my sister that uh, we would like only appropriately MA fifteen plus films. <laughs> and but it, so in the end, like it was good. We watched The Fog, mm-hmm. uh, and then what did we watch after that? We watched something newer. I can't remember what that was. But then the third film that we watched, I was like, I wanted to put on Demons. Mm -hmm. Demons is the perfect film for her. But then I thought, ah, look, (laughs) Evil Dead 2 is also a fantastic film. (laughs) I'll put on Evil Dead 2. I'm going to R-rated. Because even my sister was like, oh, why don't you watch Evil Dead? I'm like, do you know these are R-rated? It's yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. run with that. Permission yeah, granted. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. going to put on Evil Dead 2. You said it. <laughs> All right, what are you up? Okay, so how long did it take to shoot the Blair Witch Project? And I'll go with the closest answer. Oh, shoot. Just shoot. shoot. I'm yeah. going to say a week. Seven days. Three weeks. Eight days. So, yes. Wow. That's because when I had the VHS back in the day, it was a double VHS, the American one, and it had like the making of on the other side. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the fake documentary. Mm. Oh, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good old videotape double packs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so good my next one. Uh, in the 1988 movie Catacombs was released with a different title and is actually part four of which movie franchise? Sounds like a tricky one, but I reckon... Catacombs. Catacombs, but in like most countries, it was released as part four of a franchise. Who's in it? No one I know. 
But I can tell you that part three had Christopher Lee. The curse. Yes, that's right. It was yeah. the curse four. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah, stretch. That's a stretch like, of a title. I feel like I cheated now with that with that clue. Nah. Duh. And number three um, no, was. No, I'll, I can reassure you, I was never going to get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you, num- you had the number your name was written all over that point. <laughs> number three was called Penga, and then they they sort they, of yeah. shoehorned that into the franchise. That had nothing to do with the franchise. <laughs> yeah. no, none of them, no. I think, after... No. They're just all a, yeah, a curse. Right. Each movie has yeah. a curse. Yeah. That's as close as it gets. All right, Ben, what do you got? All right, well, speaking of Evil Dead 2, <laughs> <laughs> who played undead Henrietta in the basement? Oh. oh um, uh, ten, um, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> you were, Ted Raimi. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, <Woo>. thanks, Glenn. <laughs> You said it before I confirmed it. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Are you the only one that... Oh, you, see, I'm wrong on all of the counts. You guys are ahead of me. Ooh. You should enjoy this game. <laughs> yeah, you're just doing it. You're just doing it to like get us into the game. He's like, he's like, I'll, just let, I'll let these dumbasses win. Yeah. <laughs> then they might start appreciating this segment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to drop it. Have these guys ever watched a fucking movie? Yeah, yeah. Next week, uh, we're dropping yeah. the Dallas on your thing. We're doing a whole trivia episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so what's the name of the band John Carpenter was in with Nick Castle and the Coupe Tommy Coupe de yeah. Ah. yeah. Tommy Lee Wallace. They do yeah. the theme song for Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. Trouble. See, do you like the segment more now? <laughs> <laughs> well, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, um, we got one more, don't we? Was no. that only two questions? Yeah, yeah. 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 That happened one other time, and I had three. And oh, you're welcome to give me yeah, another well, one, then, man. And then, and then if you like the segment that much, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I do it, don't, do but I will because so it's a tiebreaker. Even though I wrote my ahead. trivia, yeah. <laughs> I wrote my trivia questions by getting Siri to make notes on my phone as I was driving. I've still never used Siri. Never, never. Are you serious? Yeah. Does your phone actually? Do, if I you say, "Hey, Siri, I, I don't know do if anything? it's Siri, but um, <laughs> have you got Samsung has a? This has is a great thing. podcast for us. Gross. <laughs> Gross. So you do or you don't have another trivia Andro- question. An Android phone. Dirty. <laughs> yeah. Dirty. Because I have better, it takes better photos because I have a child. <laughs> I have to think about like that. It yeah. takes better photos. Fo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Despite all the promises, the photos on their phone are shit. On this one, on the iPhone. Uh, okay, my, well, my yeah. third question, like it, my questions are lame because <laughs> I figure, you know. You We're lame. You guys aren't going to get hard ones. No. <laughs> What is the name of the author who writes the books in... Stephen King. Sutter Kane. Close, yeah. In the mouth of Adam. Oh, you say, what, what do you say? Do you Sutter read Sutter Kane? <sighs> I, th- I feel like I'm recycling these trivia questions from uh, various Monster Fest trivia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Malsey, we're going to have to wait another month before we see you again. Oh, tears. But, uh, <laughs> was that cheers or tears? Cheers, tears. Um, no, you know, it's been... It's, it's felt it's like... A, a long time. It'll only be a four-week month this time. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're welcome back at any time. But um, <laughs> I hope you've had as much fun as I have. Don't Absolutely. care how much fun he's had. Like, <laughs> I got my notes. He never my, shows I got it. my notes fixation. Uh, <laughs> my notes fixed. Who gets through for the next four weeks? I'm fine. I'm good for the we'll next be, four right, weeks. You get right. to see me next week, Ben. So, you know, there you go. You know, silver you've been, linings. 
you better show me your notes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to connect this song to uh, to Ben's uh, recommendation from earlier. This is King Missile's Detachable Penis. Oh, nice. Detachable Penis. <laughs> By Ben. <laughs> I can't remember take, any of the other take words. Take it out, Ben. It's been, it's been so long since I've heard it. We'll see you next <laughs> week, everyone. So Have a good week.